The Marcus Deegan Show. <laughs> What's the story, guys? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is Marcus, your host, shooting from Sin City, Las Vegas, the place of bright lights and world title fights. Thanks for joining us once again. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Title Sport Hemp Powered Recovery Spray. You can get this now at Walmart, also at CVS. Make sure you go and check yourself out one of these. If you're in pain at all, cryotherapy is the key. CBD is the key. Grab yourself one of these, do yourself a favor, you're gonna love it. How could we forget CryptoQuan's NFTs? It's a brand new NFT company. Um, we're gonna be releasing them really soon. Only exclusive NFTs. We're gonna be talking about that a lot more on the podcast as those guys come in. Thanks for joining us once again. Today we have another warrior on the show, a mixed martial artist fighting out of the Bellator promotion. This man has got a 12 and one record and is on a six win fight streak. Uh, he had a fantastic dominant win uh, over Lornell Lugo. He's the only guy that I've seen go into the octagon with blonde hair and leave the octagon with pink hair. I don't know how he does it, but we're gonna ask him. Uh, would you please welcome to the podcast? Hang on, I gotta, I gotta actually, you know, I'm gonna announce him a little bit different. Hey, yo, would you please welcome to the fucking podcast, the Italian gangster, for Christ's sakes, Danny Sabatello, how you doing? <laughs> good, bro. How you doing? Love the intro. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you very much for coming on to the show today. I really appreciate it. I was watching some of your fights earlier on today before we did this interview, just to brush up a little bit. Um, what does it take to get to that high level? Sacrifice, a lot of fucking sacrifice. You know, I go to the best gym in the world, American Top Team, and I train twice a day, every single day. You know, I'm originally from Chicago, but there's not too many MMA gyms or any really good ones anyway. Um, so I had to make a, a big move in my life, and I knew that if I wanted to become the best in the world and accomplish my goals, I needed to become, you know, somebody that, that does something that they're uh, uncomfortable with. And that was moving to South Florida. Um, I didn't know anybody in the state of Florida. I didn't even know anybody at American Top Team. So obviously I had to sacrifice my whole life in order to train at the best gym in the world. And now I, I do. I, you know, I've spent four years-ish that I've been training every day down here. So obviously to get that elite level, you got to sacrifice. And that's just what I've done. Did you always know in your head that you were going to get to this level of fighting did you have a mindset from when you were younger did you used to fantasize about it and think about it and in, in a sense you willed it into existence right yeah big time you know i grew up wrestling i started wrestling at the age of five um but i always knew during my career when i was done wrestling that i would transition into mma you know and it was even tough during wrestling days that I really just wanted to kind of stop that and just start fighting, but I know I needed to keep a level head and I went to Purdue university wrestled in the big 10. And, and after that was done, I, I realized that, you know what, fuck this, uh, my set, my sights are just totally set on fighting. Um, and I knew I was going to be elite just because, uh, if I have a vision, I'm going to go for it full out. You know, I don't really care about anything else. You know, I don't really have too many hobbies. Hobbies are for average people. I just fucking fight. That's all I give a shit about. I'm obsessed with becoming the world champion. You know, I think I'm going to do that very soon. Um, so I always knew I was going to be elite just because I would sacrifice so much. And I don't, not only that, but I'm a very good listener. You know, I listen to my coaches, whatever they fucking say to do, I do. You know, if Mike Brown, who's my head coach, says to go in there and fight blind, I'd fucking do that just because I believe in them so much. So if you really sacrifice your whole fucking life and you just listen to your coaches, how could you not be good? So I always knew I was going to be elite and I am going to become a world champion. So listen, like a lot of people that listen to this or watch this, 
think where does the confidence come from have you been like this your whole life have you just been one of those guys that is like whatever this is how it's going to be and that's because you seem you have a really high confidence level and i'm just wondering is that developed over the years or were you always like that now nah, i've always been like this um you know it doesn't matter if we're playing pinball or we have a hacky sack contest or whatever i'm going to be confident in my ability and not only that i'm going to be talking shit you know talking shit is just what i like to do um, obviously, I'm fortunate enough that it's good for business, but even if it wasn't, I would still talk trash. Um, I love getting in people's heads. I love mental warfare, and people don't understand that a lot of these fights are won before that fucking cage bell rings. You know, I think I'm already in my guy's head. Leandro Higo, he's a mental midget. I think I'm already in his head. You know, if you look at his fights before this, he doesn't ever talk trash. He's kind of a different fighter. He's laid back. But now I got him talking trash, and I think I'm already in his head. You know, it's a different fight for him. He's going to be putting a little bit more pressure than he's used to. Um, you know, he goes in there, he kind of fights free just because, you know, it is what it is. He has very respect for his opponents. But now I got him talking trash to me. I think he's going to feel mm -hmm. the lights are a little bit brighter. I think when he goes into that cage, his legs are going to be a little bit heavier. He's going to be thinking, oh, fuck, if I lose, I'm going to look like an idiot for talking trash. So this is obviously foreign territory to him, but... I'm right at home. This is what I do. I always talk trash. I love it. I'm going to be talking trash before the fight, leading up to it, and I'm going to be talking trash in the fight. You know, the trash talk doesn't stop for me. The talk doesn't stop. I'm going to be in his ear, letting him know that I'm going to beat the shit out of him that entire fight. Do you think that the mental warfare plays a huge game in, in this industry? 100%, because a lot of this is about cardio, you know, especially with this fight coming up. Yeah, it's right. five rounds. You could get tired if your central nervous system is jacked through the roof. You know, if you go yeah. into that first round and into that cage and you're already tired and you're nervous and you're sweating and you're just freaking out, you're just a tense ball, man, you're going to get fucking tired quickly. And when usually our people talking trash, they feel a little bit more nervous, but I've been talking trash my whole life. You know, it's not going to make me any more nervous. It's not going to do any damage to me. I'm going to be fucking going had to had to tail through the fucking whole fight you know 25 minutes is a long time mm. i keep a big big high pace um i think nobody in mma has good as a cardio gas tank as me and i'm gonna put that on display june 24th at the mohegan sun so yeah i do think uh it's huge talking trash and getting your opponent's head you know obviously in boxing they used to do it all the time but mm. yeah i think i already have this fight won and the opening bell hasn't even rang it kind of reminds me of the way that you're speaking um of when connor fought aldo um, Aldo was undefeated at the time and then Connor came in with all of this mindfuck stuff that you talk about and the guy was defeated before he even stepped into the octagon. Yeah, 100%. Because even if you look at that fight, you see Connor is just so loose. He's wagging his arms and legs around and Aldo is just so tense, you know. Yeah. And you could just tell when somebody's yeah. tense and that's something you do not want to be in that fucking cage. If you're in the first round and you're throwing everything you can because you fucking hate the guy and you just want to kill him and murder him that's actually when it doesn't work out in your favor you expend a lot of energy and you get tired very quickly so i am hoping that he does want to kill me my goal in there is to have him want to fucking murder me so he expends all that energy in the first round and then i just fucking play with him i slice him open you know in this fight i got a goal of giving him between 23 and 29 stitches on his face you know, I want to give him scars for the rest of his life. That's just what I, that's just how it is. I don't fucking like the guy. He misses weight all the time. And that's mm. something that I don't put up with is weight miss. 
He's missed weight actually his last two fights. And even before that, he's missed weight. So I got to fucking punish the guy. You know, this isn't a fight where I want to go in there and finish him in the first round. This is a fight where I want to fucking torture him. I want to make him bleed all over. I want my blonde hair to turn red again. And I want it to be very fucking exciting. So let me just get this right. Once you beat Leandro Hugo on the 24th, then you fight for the interim championship against uh, Rufion Stotts. Now, he said something recently about you in the press. I'm not sure if you heard it. He said that you're good on the ground, but you suck on the feet. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard him say that. He's an idiot. It's actually, it's tough because I got this big fight in two weeks against Hugo, so I don't want to overlook him. You know, at the end of the day, this is a very dangerous game. You never know what's going to happen. If your hands are out of place for a split second, it could mean lights out. You know, this isn't basketball where if you miss a pass, you know, it's just two points. Who gives a fuck? In football, it's, uh, you know, you miss a block, whatever. You know, if you miss up in that fucking cage, the result is going the other way. So, obviously, yeah. I got to mm. take this opponent very seriously. Yeah. I got to fucking respect his game and fucking be smart. But it's hard not to think of that stats fight just because compared to me, that dude sucks. I don't know how he thinks he can beat me. Um, he might say that I'm not good on the feet, but I have some knockouts. I've kneed a guy in the head and knocked him out. I've kicked a guy in the head and I've knocked him out. Um, you know, I'm a very smart fighter in there. I know that there is a lot more risk on the feet than on the ground. So sometimes it's just smarter to take it to the ground because, you know, I should go in there and I should win every fight because I'm better than these guys. Why would I give them a chance to fucking beat me? Right. Um, when I do face stats, after I beat the shit out of Higo, there will be some feet in that fucking fight. I will fucking beat the shit out of him on the feet, and I'll beat the shit out of him on the ground. Um, I, I don't think he's a very high-caliber guy on the feet anyways. Um, so that that's a very fun fight that will be on the horizon. So that gold will be strapped around your waist very, very shortly. I'm sure that you've already uh, envisioned it and seen it in your head, which is a great thing. Mindset, once again, is great. When you When you go into these fights... As you said, you know, it can take one second and you can fuck things up and it can go the other way. Do you always stick to the game plan or when you go in there, do you just freelance it? A little bit of both because, you know, you do want to go in there and you have a game plan because people have different backgrounds. Obviously, there's, there's positions and territories that I want to get to, but you don't want to have too heavy of a game plan because a lot of times things aren't going to go according to plan. And if it skews away from that, you can't freak out. You know, obviously with this fight, there are positions I want to get to, and we do have a little bit of a set game plan, but I'm so much better than the guy everywhere that if the game plan doesn't really play out how it does in either the first round or the second round, it's fine. Don't fucking lose your cool, keep your composure and just do what you do. And, and that's just kind of how I fight. You know, I, I don't really have these set, you know, visions. Oh fuck. Like if I don't take him down, I'm screwed. It's more so of look for the takedown. If it fucking, it presents itself. If it doesn't, that's fine. This fucking eager guy sucks anyways. And you could bash his brains in on the feet. Um, but obviously you can't lose your cool. If things don't go to according to a plan, Obviously, this is 25 minutes, so that's a long time. It's yeah. going to be key for me to keep my composure and just keep the pedal to the metal, keep the gas tank high. I'm going to get this fucking guy dog tired, and he's going to fucking expose himself. You know what? At one point in this fight, he's going to want me to finish him and take the easy way out, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to finish him when he wants me to. I'm just going to fucking play with him. I'm just going to fucking torture his fucking face and just beat the shit out of him. So, yeah, it's going to be a very fun, exciting fight, and I can't wait to just toy with him in there. So, so obviously you have an Italian background. So, how do you go during weight cut when Nonna is cooking all that food? You have to. <laughs> Dude, it is brutal. To me, the hardest fucking part of fighting is cutting the weight. Right, that's what I would think. I would think that would be the hardest part. Dude, it's so tough, especially like 
not even just the food, but like that last day when you just want a sip of water or you want just a fucking ice cube. But you know what? A sick part of me kind of enjoys it because when I'm not cutting weight, I feel like I could enjoy the stuff more than people that have never cut weight. Right. You know, sometimes when I'm just drinking at a fucking cold drinking fountain, I think to myself, holy fuck, a weight cutting me would die to fucking have this. So I think I do um, enjoy it more than other people that haven't fucking cut weight in their life. And I think that is a benefit of people that have trained in combat sports and actually had to make a weight class. I think mm. they enjoy the little things just a little bit more. And I do, you know, I take full advantage of when I'm not cutting weight to fucking, you know, be like, holy shit, you know what, this water is fucking great, but that's what makes fucking wrestlers crazy. And these fighters fucking samurais just because we got to go through that. We enjoy the little yeah. thing, you know, all these spoiled fucking brats, these guys in Hollywood, they don't fucking understand that. Like <laughs> this water, you know, they, they take everything for advantage, you know, fighters, we fucking enjoy the little things. Does that upset you when the fans, because we all know that mixed martial arts fans, they're very, very critical. They're very, very opinionated. Probably, you know, 95% of them have never stepped into the octagon or done a weight cut, like you said. Does that aggravate you that these guys can say, oh, he sucked when they don't really realize the three months prior to that? Yeah, most MMA fans are fucking idiots. So <laughs> I try not to put too much stock into it. You know, a lot of these guys are going to be going on the internet <laughs> and fucking saying he sucks or whatever. But successful people don't do that. You know, you don't see Bill Gates right. or Elon Musk on fucking Instagram commenting on people's stuff saying this guy's fucking terrible. You know, it's obviously fucking fat losers. And the thing is that it's it's so funny because you'll have a guy talk trash to you on social media. But, you know, if you saw them in person, they'd ask for an autograph. So, you know what? I don't really give a shit. You can fucking hate me. You can love me. I don't really give a fuck at the end of the day. I'm going to be me. I'm always going to be me. Nothing's going to deter me from that. Win or lose, it doesn't fucking matter to me. I'm always going to talk trash. I'm always going to be who I am. And I don't give a fuck if people love me or hate me. And at the end of the day, most of these guys don't fucking know shit about fighting anyways. So it doesn't fucking matter. Now, I mean, obviously... You know, you want to have a legacy and you want to improve your fighting in there. You want the world to know that you're the best. Um, is money a big part of it as well? And if it is, have your, are your sights on the UFC or are you completely happy at Bellator? Yeah, I'm not a big money guy. I mean, obviously the money's nice and this million dollars when I win it is obviously going to be great. You know, there's a lot of fucking things that I could think to do with that. You know, most of which include a yacht with fucking models on it. But obviously, I could probably do that right now if I wanted to. So uh, the money, I don't really care too much. And honestly, legacy, I don't care too much about. To me, it's just about going in there and fucking having fun. Because, you know, fighting to me, I, I just fucking love it. It's all I care about. And if I'm having fun doing this, fucking fighting, then that's all that really matters. You know, people say that when they're dead, they want their fucking name to go on for years. But it's like, dude, you're fucking dead. Who gives yeah, right. fucking matter? You can't enjoy it anyways. So to me, it's just fucking have fun, be successful, fucking get that strap around that waist, be the best fucking fighter that there is. And, and that's that's all there is to it for me. Um, and in terms of the UFC, you know, it's hard to predict the future. I'm very happy with Bellator. They run a fucking great promotion. Yep. Um, honestly, if it were up to me, I would stay in Bellator my whole career. But obviously, it's hard to tell, you know, with money and, you know, obviously contracts and stuff like that. You never fucking know. But if it were up to me, I would stay in Bellator forever. And I would be that fucking Bellator bantamweight champion for a long fucking time. And, you know, the good thing about right now is I think when I do win that strap and I get that Bellator bantamweight strap i think it's going to be people recognizing i am the best bantamweight on the planet just because bellator bantamweight division is so stacked yeah. i put it better than any other division so mm. you know the ufc isn't really something that's on my mind right now i love bellator and i want to fight for them for a long time
Fair enough. Who who is some of the people that you look up to in the sport? Who's like who's like your idol when you were growing up? I don't really have idols. You know, I didn't really have too many people that I didn't know that I looked up to and you know, kind of mimicked or like wanted to be like. It was more so like I don't fucking know them. They don't give a shit about me. So why would I fucking care about them? You know, I have two older brothers, Joey and Vinny. I looked up to them a lot. My older cousin, Mikey. Um, <laughs> so obviously I got people close to me that I look up to. Um, but it was always people that I knew, not these superstars like Babe Ruth or, you know, who gives a fuck. They don't give a fuck about me. Who gives a shit? So it was mainly just family and close friends that I would look right. up to. So you got you got Danny, Mikey, you got the whole crew. I, love, I just love it, man. I really, really do love it. Now, what, what, what do you take from what you've learned in martial arts? And what do you implement into your normal life? So in other words, what, what have you learned fighting and waiting and sacrificing? What have you learned from that that you implement in you know, just day-to-day life. Well, just really confident. You know, at the end of the day, my life is fucking fighting. I don't really have a life outside of it. So I don't really integrate my fighting and what I've learned in the outside world. Just because, dude, I am in the gym twice a day, every fucking day. And if I'm not at the gym, I'm fucking at the beach or just chilling or with my friends partying. If I don't have a fight, obviously. But, you know, something I learned with fighting is just, you know, humility a little bit, believe it or not. And obviously just confidence. You know, I, I don't think that there's a motherfucker out there that doesn't know training that can beat me in a fight. You know, I could take anybody. So if we're in a bar scenario, I'm very confident in my ability to beat the shit out of people in a bar. So if that's <laughs> what I take out of fighting, that's what it is. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, my, my life is fighting. So I'm not really too too sure what I've taken out of it. Um, but but at the end of the day, my life is fighting. So Mate, I just love the confidence. I love your articulation, how funny you are. I mean, I can see why the fans love you, bro. Um, I, I believe that um, when you go in there on June 24th, if you can implement skill-wise how you implement what you say and how you characterize what you're going to do and your confidence, I, I see the start. The sky's the limit for you, brother. Um, normally what we like to do on the podcast is when we're closing it off is if you could say any piece of advice, a word, a sentence, something that maybe someone needs to hear right now that, that doesn't feel confident, that, that, that doesn't walk around with their chest puffed out. Is there anything that you could say to someone to maybe give them a little confidence boost? Yeah, just keep fucking going and sacrifice. You know, obviously there's rainy days for everybody. Nobody has complete sunshine days every single day. And very successful people have had bad days just like you're fucking having. So just fucking go through it. It's going to suck. You know, a lot of people say that, you know, it's gonna, it's fine. It's not that bad. You know what? Sometimes it is going to suck. It is going to yeah. be bad. Sometimes there's not going to be a motivational quote to get you on your high horse. It's going to fucking suck. But if you keep going through it over and over and over and sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice and keep going, it will get better. And then you'll live your fucking dream life. Well, there you go, guys. Look, I, I need to start charging you guys for therapy because every time I get one of these fighters on, they give these amazing speeches at the end, which it can turn your life around. Listen to what they say. Brother, thank you so much for coming on. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. And once you get this strap, hopefully we can jump back on and do this again. Um, ladies and gentlemen, would you please say thank you very much to the Italian gangster, Danny Sabatello. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you, bro. Have a good day. Have a good day. Thanks, mate. Yep. Had a little bit of time off, as you know, so I've been shooting these little episodes from home. I like to call them the quick clips, uh, but as I mentioned, next week we will be going back into the studio, and I've got some really, really big names coming up. I've probably got one of the biggest names in the sport that's going to be coming on the podcast. That's all I'm going to say right now, right? A little bit of a teaser. 
Puddle Sport is now available at Walmart. You can go to any Walmart and find the creams. You can find the spray. Make sure you take a photo of yourself when you purchase it. Uh, look, we've got a great competition coming up where you can get to meet the man, Conor McGregor himself, here in Las Vegas. All the details for that competition, go to titlesport.com. Go and check it out, and uh, maybe you could be here in Las Vegas with us, watching the fights and getting to hang out with uh, the notorious one, Conor McGregor himself. I want to thank CryptoCorns, NFTs, guys. Wait, till, If you're into NFTs, if you're into cryptocurrency, if you're into that kind of thing, wait until you see what we've got coming out. We've got some of the, um, well, very exclusive uh, NFTs, and... I that's about as much info as I can give you right now until I can show you one right here in the camera. But, um, yeah, I just want to thank those guys for coming on board, and it's great to have uh, have you in the team. Well, that's about it. Uh, lots more coming. Thank you very much for joining us once here again on the podcast. Uh, this is Marcus. Take care. The Marcus Deegan Show. <laughs>